With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and welcome to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty podcast. And today's topic is going to be a little two-team steam. That's right. There was always going to be a two-team version of the three-team parlay podcast might as well get that out of the way why so soon why not at the end well why not do it on a night where i was not able to link up with the man of the hour and the man with the power jerry sinclair just couldn't get our schedules to line up he had to work late i had to work a double and just wasn't conducive for us to get our schedules in alignment to knock it out but you know what the show must go on, as they say in showbiz. So tonight, I'm going to knock out two teams flying solo here in the zone. Uh, just a couple of pieces of business real quick. Uh, look for the first YouTube video sometime this weekend. I'll make sure I tweet it out. I'll tweet it out from the show handle. Uh, I'll try to get it linked over on Instagram. And I'll make sure to remind you guys that it's out next week when we do uh, our two shows next week. Uh, these will not be like the full live stream of the show, at least not yet. That's the that's the medium range goal. The goal right now is just to get some things going. I've got some creative ideas, another outlet to churn out some content here at the Dynasty Warzone. And speaking of new content, if you head over to the Dynasty Happy Hour feed of podcasts, you will find a new Dynasty contractor. Uh, joined up with a guy named Ryan who took over an orphan over at Safe Leagues. Now, if you've never heard of Safe Leagues, they're uh, fully endorsed and sponsored and 
may even partially owned. I don't know, but I know Scott Fish has a large hand in safe leagues. One thing about safe leagues, and we actually talked about this because this was an orphan, is that safe leagues has never had a league fold. So I thought that was really cool. We take this team, and you know, he, this guy, this guy Ryan, man, he did a heck of a job on this roster. We we go over that, a couple of trades, and some uh, typical dynasty happy hour contractor stuff. Make sure you check that out. Thank you guys for all the five-star reviews. They continue to pile up We're right at 150. I would love to get another 50 total across all platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify. If you're listening to this, and as always, if you're not behind the wheel of a car, uh, driving a tractor, operating heavy machinery, man, please do us a solid and just hit the pause button and go over and leave us a five-star. It means a ton to Jerry and I, and it's the fastest way to help Jerry and me continue to grow the war zone. Uh, A couple of other small things real quick before I get into these two teams. And if you can't tell, this will probably be a shorter show because I do not have the man of the hour with me. Uh, But I do want to call out the Patreon. Been having an absolute blast. It's, It's a very minimal investment to really sharpen your skills. Now, if you're doing one dynasty league, maybe a coworker or your best friend roped you into one, cool. And if you're listening for the first time or a newer listener, thank you. If you're an original listener, thank you as well. But if you only play in one league, maybe a Patreon's not for you. Maybe a dynasty uh, league Patreon, not, not really worth the investment. But the more leagues you get into and the more you do it, it's not just about the moves that you make or we help you make. It's the moves that we prevent you from making, and it's not just myself, and it's not just Jerry. It's a bunch of like-minded individuals, and the group chat is well worth it. Um, you can slide my DMs if you have any pricing questions, but for five bucks or less a month, you can you can definitely be affiliated with the Warzone uh, social media. Um, you can continue to check us out on. Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter. I do owe, I'm about a week and a half behind on posting something on the uh, Warzone Instagram handle. Really just been using the Warzone Twitter handle to retweet polls and things of that nature. My number one Twitter resource, social media resource, especially as it relates to Dynasty, is my Twitter handle at DFF Memphis. But all those are open to you. And as always, this is something we've been doing for the last few weeks, and I'm going to continue to bring it up because people have been using this dynastywarzone at gmail.com. And I can't say I I blame you, but a lot of people don't want to wade into the mess that is social media. Again, thumbs up for you for having the uh, wherewithal to, to not venture down that road. But again, dynastywarzone at gmail, you can check all of that out. So, since we're not going to do three teams, I I thought I would hit a little bit of news. We've been trying to incorporate the news just within the show, but there's a couple of three or four stories I I, I thought I'd knock out. So, one of these players we're going to talk about in depth tonight as it's his team, uh, as one of the two that I'm doing, but Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook has stopped participating in the Zoom and the off-season meetings with the Minnesota Vikings. He is willing to accept a contract in the neighborhood of $13 million a year. How generous of Mr. Cook. Uh, I'm glad that he would be happy with that. It's, but, but then again, it's good to know that he has a number. 
I'm not too worried about this. I have yet to be able to validate this one way or the other. From everything that I understand, that players that hold out are not able to recoup any money they incur in fines while holding out. Now, someone tweeted to me when I posted this the other day and said that may not apply to rookies. I don't know if it does or does not, but I'm pretty sure it does. I think the rookies may have been the biggest reason, but I I need to do further investigative research there. But if that's true, that means the Vikings can fine him up to $40,000 per missed practice. And that's a lot of scratch. That's a lot of dough for a guy who makes $2 million a year. Uh, $40,000 is a lot of money, period, no matter what your annual income is. But three missed practices equals one game check for him. And then they can't, normally in the past, under the old collective bargaining agreement, they were able to waive those fines once a long-term deal or extension was reached. But if the collective bargaining does not allow them to do that, then we're talking about a real, real situation. So uh, I think it's fine that he's turned off his internet feed and he's not partaking. We'll see what happens as camps draw near. Uh, another story I found interesting, another running back, is Kareem Hunt acknowledged uh, the number two role in Cleveland. Kind of surprising, not really. A lot of times with these alpha football players, no one ever wants to admit that they could be the, the number two. Uh, you know, Indy has tried to sweeten it a little bit by calling it a one-and-one one backfield as opposed to a one-two punch. It's a one-one punch. Uh, but Kareem Hunt acknowledged that, you know, it's Chubb's team and he's going to be the one, but he fully expects to be involved. And obviously, based on what we saw last year, once he came back from suspension, I think we can all see that as well. Uh, one more running back story. Todd Gurley actually made it to Atlanta and passed his physical. This still does next to nothing for me. Uh, the one the one upside for Gurley is that he's still young. Very little competition. In Atlanta in the backfield, there's still something called Quadre Olison, Brian Hill. I do like Ito Smith. I don't mind a little cheap Ito Smith. If you, I actually bought him from another owner for five fab dollars in a league. He was just trying to get him off his roster. I was like, okay. Uh, because I don't believe that, that Todd Gurley is going to be able to repeat all those touchdowns that he had in L.A. last year. And I think Ito will definitely get his chance to play a little bit, especially in the passing game. So if you can find some cheap Edo out there, I don't hate it. Uh, last story, uh, I guess actually last player story, Henry Ruggs. So it came out, it was leaked out slowly, maybe 10 days ago, maybe two weeks ago, that he had punctured his leg while helping a friend move. First of all, you're a hell of a friend if, if you're a first-round NFL player who just got signed or will sign for millions of dollars and you're helping a buddy move. That's a buddy. That's a pal. Find you a kind of friend like uh, Henry Ruggs is to his his buddies. But his father came out and said it was just a cut and he got some stitches and there was no muscular damage and he will be ready to report to training camp whenever that is. And that leads me right into my final story came out today that the NFL and Roger Goodell have canceled mandatory minicamp and have allowed teams to extend their off-season virtual program through June 26th. 
So this is a fascinating story for me, not only from a dynasty standpoint, but just a fantasy in general. We're really banking on our players, the players that we have in all of our dynasty leagues. We're counting on these guys to be out there doing what they should be doing, hitting the weights, if they can even get to a weight room. I know here in Indiana, the gyms have been open for about three weeks, two, two, three weeks. I know some states are just slowly starting to open and the stock market took a huge hit this week because of fear of another COVID scare. So who knows what's going to go on if things will start closing again. God, I hope not. We, we can't handle any more of this. But just keep that in mind. You know, think of the players that you have. You know, a lot of people get annoyed when your players post workout videos on Instagram or Twitter. Right now, I want every player that I have ownership of in my dynasty rosters, I want them to be posting those videos every day. I, I want to see their meals. I want to see their workout routine. I want to see their workout logs. I want to see them doing it. As a matter of fact, they can invite me. I'll just come and hang out. Might even work in a set or two. I don't want to be affiliated with guys that aren't working as hard as they possibly can because those guys will come into camp. They'll be soft. Soft tissue injuries can linger all throughout the season, have a tremendous impact. So give me all those hardworking guys in this weird COVID 2019-2020 season. Uh, let's do this, man. Let, let's jump into the first team uh, of the two that I'm going to cover tonight. We are going to do the Minnesota Vikings and the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is one of the teams from the top 11, one of the teams from the bottom 11 in points scored last year. Let's just jump into the Minnesota Vikings. Let's, let's start good. The Minnesota Vikings finished 8th last year in total points per game at 25.4. Again, that was good for 8th. From a, a play mix standpoint and a, and a volume standpoint, this team ran only the 27th most plays in the NFL. They ran under 1,000 total plays. They ran 970 total plays. But they were middle of the pack, so they were well. They were in the bottom quartile of the league in total plays. But they were right at the midpoint as it related to yards, 5,656. So not too bad, not too bad at all. Uh, especially for, so that tells me they were very efficient and they had some 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 pretty long plays uh, from a passing attempt standpoint th this is no bueno in 2020 30th in pass attempts but 23 in passing yards so the attempts they had were very good they only attempted 466 pass attempts uh, for uh, 23rd in passing yards uh, and they had 26 passing TDs now rushing, they were fourth in rushing attempts with 476 or uh, 10 more plays uh, rushing the ball than, than passing the ball, which I found to be interesting. You know, normally the mix is not that equal of a ratio. And they were sixth in rushing yards with 2,133, 19 rushing touchdowns. Hello, darling. No wonder Dalvin Cook had such a good 2019 season. So who was new? Really, the two new names of record were rookie Justin Jefferson. He was drafted uh, as the fifth wide receiver off the board. He was drafted 22nd overall to the Vikings. And 
uh, it, it's it's going to be good, man. It, it's going to be good for him. Uh, my only concern for him is the reason why I would be slightly down on him is the fact that I think he'll be playing out of his natural slot position. I think he's going to be forced outside. Uh, this team runs a lot of 12 or basically two wide receiver, two tight end sets. I'll get into all that as I'm breaking these guys down. They also brought in Tajay Sharp, formerly of the Tennessee Titans. I'm not too enthused. I'll just, I'll just be real honest. I'll just cut Tajay off at the knees. I'm, I'm not interested. Uh, maybe if someone goes down, and not to say that, that he can't uh, show out a little bit, but there are some there is some work to go around. So Minnesota has 110 vacated targets from last year. That's a 24.8% uh, target share. So that's pretty good. And 1614 air yards. That's 47%. 47% of their air yards are there. Remember, Justin Jefferson, that dude's pretty fast. He I believe he was a 4-4 guy at the combine. So uh, Going to be interesting who's gone. Obviously, Stephon Diggs traded to Buffalo. He leaves behind his 94 targets, so a majority of the 110 targets left behind or left uh, for new wide receivers and pass catchers in Minnesota are left behind by Diggs. Uh, he converted 63 of those for a career high, 1,130 yards, and he also had six touchdowns. So a lot of people are down on Diggs, and, and the more I look at this, I'm like, man, this guy, you know, made chicken salad out of chicken scratch, you know, to, to convert a much lower target share than he had the year before and still set a career high in total yardage. I, I came away from this research impressed. They also lost Laquan Treadwell. I'm going to give a quick moment of silence and pour one out to anyone who back in 2016 drafted Laquan Treadwell over Ezekiel Elliott. You know you're out there, and you know what happened. Uh, that's too bad. He is in Atlanta. Uh, we'll roll into some stock up, stock down, uh, or stock hold. Uh, let's talk about Captain Kirk. Dude, Ca- Captain Kirk is, I don't know, what's something boring but but solid and good for. He's chicken breast. He is plain grilled or broiled or baked chicken breast. Full of, full of protein. It's good for you. Uh, without like a little sauce or salsa or something. It's just kind of bland. But at the end of the day, you know it's good for you, and you know uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to deliver every time. Man, that's Kirk Cousins. Kirk with a K, not Kurt with a T. Kirk Cousins. I went back and looked, man. Over the last five years, uh, in 2015, he was the QB8 on the season. 2016, the QB5. Uh, then he went to Minnesota, where in 2017, under... Uh, he was, excuse me, that was still Washington, uh, QB6 overall. Then in 2018 in Minnesota, he was the QB12. Last year, the QB15. Now that that's going the wrong direction over the last four years. He's went from 5 to 6 to 12 to 15. But remember, in fairness to Kirk Cousins, the NFL has onboarded a lot of dynamic quarterbacks since 2016. You think about guys like Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott. There's been a lot of guys to come in the league. So part of the reason why Kirk has been pushed 
a little bit more toward that back end QB1, high end QB2. In my opinion, is just because of the way the NFL's changed and the way the quarterback position is is played differently now than it was even four years ago. And to be honest, the offense that he plays in. But all that in consideration does not change the fact that Kirk Cousins, much like plain ass chicken breast, is good for you and gets the job done. If Kirk Cousins is your QB2 and a super flex, you're fine. If he is a guy that, that you're streaming in a season-long league, you're fine. He's just solid. I think the days of the top eight QB seasons are well behind him at this point. Just but just a solid guy. Just an absolute, I think he's the kind of guy that can give you similar production to another guy in his own division, and that's Aaron Rodgers at this point. If you told me that the 2020 season ended and... Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers finished 13th and 14th in total fantasy points at the QB position this year. I would be neither shocked nor amazed. So on Kirk, I'm I'm stock neutral. And if you can find someone that just wants to get rid of him and you're a contender and you can get him maybe, maybe you can flip Justin Herbert for him. I think Kirk Cousins, who just signed a new extension this offseason, He's going to be around another handful of years in Minnesota. It's a winning team. Plays indoors at least nine games a year. Eight in Minnesota, one in Detroit. So add all that up, Kirk Cousins is a solid QB too. Uh, Let's get back into Dalvin Cook. So for Dalvin Cook, I'll I'll hit you with some pros. And he had some. Uh, He played in 14 games last year, which for him was a career high. My concern with Dalvin is that even though he played 14 games, he still only played in 29 of a career possible 48 regular season games. That makes me nervous. But he did finish 6th in PPR points last year at the running back position. My thing with Dalvin is I don't dislike the player. I actually like the player quite a bit. I like the talent. I liked him coming out. I never understood I fell for it, but I didn't understand his fall from the 101 overall that t- entire 27 college, uh, excuse me, 2017 college season to then all of a sudden he got, you know, leapt over by guys like Corey Davis and, and Leonard Fournette and he ended up going, you know, 103 to 106 that year in rookie drafts because there was some Joe Mixon mixed in along with Christian McCaffrey. So I, I get it from that standpoint, but for a guy who's currently in, depends on where you get your dynasty ADP, he's going late first, early second in a startup. And with his injury history, now he's threatening to hold out, by the way. Don't sell. Don't sell cheap. If you can buy cheap, different conversation in dynasty, don't sell. You're, you're just wasting your time. But also, don't overpay for his backup. Now, his backup, Alexander Madison. This is a guy that I really like. This is one of my 2020 double trouble running back fields. I believe that even if Dalvin doesn't hold out, plays all 16 games, has a phenomenal season, I'm totally cool with that because Dalvin Cook's not going to rush for 2,133 yards. There's going to be something left on the bone for Alexander Madison. I don't think Dalvin Cook's going to rush for 19 rushing touchdowns. I don't think that he's he's durable enough to do it. 
I don't think that if, if especially if they extend him with a new contract, are you going to pound the guy that you just gave if he gets the $13 million he wants? Are you going to pound him into the ground after just giving him all that money and an extension? No. You're going to give Alexander Madison plenty of work. So a lot of people out there, especially for like redraft, if you're a redraft listener just looking for some fresh fantasy content, thank you for tuning in. But he's a guy that I think you'll get late in redraft leagues, and I, I think you're going to like it. For me, his stock is up, firmly up, and if they can't reach a long-term deal with Dalvin and they just play him out and uh, let him move on, because this is a team that doesn't have a ton of salary cap money going into 2021, I believe as of today, as I'm recording this, they got about $26 bucks. And if you got $26 bucks left going into 2021, and we already talked about how COVID could impact the salary cap in 2021, are you going to want to invest that kind of scratch in a running back position? Maybe not. And that would be year three of Madison's rookie deal. So if you don't already have him, see what you can get Madison for. It's kind of a rough time because he's a hot name right now. But for me, he's up. For me, Dalvin Cook is a hold. I'm not buying unless he's cheap, and I'm damn sure not selling. People lose their mind and give these guys away for next to nothing. We, we, we saw it, you know, two years ago, or maybe it was a year ago, with the whole Kareem Hunt thing and the, the, the allegations of child abuse, and he was going to get suspended and thrown out of the league. And it's sometimes you're just better off doing nothing. This is one of those times. Because if he winds up signing or he winds up reporting to camp, He's fine. He's still Dalvin Cook. He's going to ball out. But if you get in a hurry and you just sell him off, you're going to look back very soon and wish you hadn't because you're just giving away value. Let's jump in this wide receiver core. Uh, as it relates to Adam Thielen, stock up, stock down. And I was like, can he be both? I, th- I think for 2019, this guy is going to be a baller. Just an absolute stud. In this offense, we talked about all those air yards. And I think we we soon forget that in 2018, I believe it was Calvin Johnson's record of 100-yard games consecutively that I believe he tied. I don't think he broke it. I think Adam Thielen tied that record in in 2018. And I went back and looked at his, his target share over the last handful of years. In 17, he had 92. In 18, he had 142. And in 2019, 100, uh, excuse me, in 2018, 153, and he had 113 catches. Last year, obviously, he was way down due to the fact that he missed a bunch of games with injury. He's going to be the man. He's going to be the man even in a low-volume offense. I like him. But for Dynasty, this is one of those times where you have to be real honest with yourself. You need to ask yourself, am I a real contender? And if you're not, you got to sell you got to sell. He'll be 30 in August. And we talked about this on Wednesday's show about potential 2021 cap casualties. And he was my number one. After this year, so from 2021 through 2024, they owe this man approximately $60 million over that that four-year stretch. And they can cut him for about $12 million. So they can save about $48 million over four years by cutting him. So that's why I think he's both, I like him stock up for 2020, excuse me, 
and I want to get rid of him in Dynasty. So if you don't believe that you're a legit contender this year, you need to be working on trying to move him. I actually tried to move my last share of him today. I was looking to package him in a running back, trying to move up to DJ Moore, just trying to catch a, an unsuspecting owner, looking the other way, you know, trying to win and thinking, eh, well, if I, if I take this running back. Anyway, um, let, let's move on to the rookie, Justin Jefferson. Now, I'm up on the talent. I'm down on the landing spot. I just don't see... I just don't see slot snaps here, at least not at the, the volume that I think he'll need to be successful, especially as a rookie. And if I see him not living up to his ADP in rookie drafts, which is approximately around, around the 110, uh, the 10th overall pick in a super flex, that's the, the, what I'm referencing here, I think he's the kind of guy I'll be able to buy cheap going into year two. Maybe if Thielen were to get cut, maybe there would be some buzz. I don't know. Uh, I do know that there's plenty of targets for him to be viable this year. But of that 110, I want to know how many go to this guy. And that's Ola B.C. Johnson. You know, this kid kind of played a little bit as a rookie last year when Thielen was hurt. And even though he didn't stuff the stat sheet, he caught 70, almost 70% of his balls, 69% to be exact. And, man, that, that shows reliability. And I think that he and Kirk Cousins will have another year under their belt. And if, for some reason, again, Adam Thielen were to get cut in 2021, Ola B.C., a.k.a. B.C., I just like calling him B.C., B.C. Johnson would be going into his third year, hashtag third year breakout for a wide receiver, and he'll be dirt cheap for both you and for the Vikings. So for me, BC stock way up. I tweeted this out a couple of days ago. I've been out kicking tires on him everywhere that I can. I've actually found him on one waiver wire. Irv Smith Jr., uh, can, I, can I go double stock up? I, I think he's the guy. So this team uh, in Minnesota, with, with their three wide receiver personnel groupings, so in 2018, when they had John D. Filippo as the offensive coordinator for the majority of the season, this team was in three wide receiver sets 68% of the time. Now that would have been really nice for Justin Jefferson. But last year under Kevin Stefanski, who was basically a puppet of new offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak, they went from 68%, which was just above the league average in 2018, to 25% in 2018. 19. It was the lowest amount of three wide receiver sets in the NFL, which is part of the reason why I, I just don't love Justin Jefferson on the outside, especially in year one. But I do love knowing that there's going to be a lot of Irv Smith on the field in spite of Kyle Rudolph still being there. I think Kyle Rudolph, if you play for some reason in a touchdown only league, he's fine. If you, here, I'll get even more granular. If you play in a in a tight end premium, they get a nine points per receiving touchdown, and that's the only points tight end score best ball league. Then you want Kyle Johnson. Excuse me, Kyle Rudolph. I, I <laughs> he's he's just past the uh, he's just past the the service contract. I guess I'll say. But, man, give me all the Irv Smith in this lineup. Super young, really good, can line up 
uh, along the line of scrimmage. He can detach, and he's going into that you know that next year of his career. Really excited to see what this guy brings in 2020. Um, so for me, stock ups are uh, definitely BC Johnson, definitely Irv Smith. My holds are Captain Kirk. Oh, and don't forget Madison is a stock up as well. Captain Kirk is a hold. Thielen, I have to call a hold because if he's an up or a down, but he's only a hold if you're a contender. Justin Jefferson. I guess if I had him, I wouldn't be giving him away because I've already got him at this point. But if I haven't done my rookie draft, I'm probably not going to walk away with Justin Jefferson. And Kyle Rudolph, again, if you play in that really weird nine-point-per-receiving touchdown only for tight ends in a best ball format, that's your dude. And the coaching staff, uh, Gary Kubiak is back. He kind of was back last year anyway. Uh, this team clearly wants to run the ball and pass the pass the ball as little as possible. Now, the defense had some losses in free agency, and I, I could see this team having to play catch-up a little bit. If that were the case, then you can inflate this entire offense and you may see more three wide receiver sets again. Uh, the offense as a whole, up, down, or neutral. I'm going to call it neutral. I think they're going to come out. They're going to try to pound the ball. They're going to try to control the game. I could see this becoming a pretty good offense in the back half of the season, especially if the defense were to struggle and force them to play catch up late in games. So there you go. That is the Minnesota Vikings. I am going to jump in to the Jacksonville Jaguars with Gardner Mustache and that Minshew right after a word from our sponsors over at Trophy Smack. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZRING. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZRING, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you want to be the best in the game, you want to have the best league in town, go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. All right, big thanks to Trophy Smack. They've been taking care of Jerry and I for about the last year, and one of the best sponsors we've ever had the opportunity to work with. So it's in the off season, it's a little slow, Get with your buddies in your league and be like, hey, look, handful of bucks each, we'll championship belt, we'll championship trophy this thing. I'm a belt guy, but hey, check out our friends over at Trophy Smack. If you decide to make a purchase, please use that code DWZRING. goes a long way toward helping us out and gives you that good-looking league. All right, man, let's get into the Jacksonville Shagwars. Now, in 20, uh, excuse me, 2019, they were 26th overall in scoring. That puts them in that bottom 11. Uh, they were 26th again, 18.8 points per game. Now let's break some of that down. They were 15th in total plays. That's not bad, right? 1,020 plays? Eh, okay. 
not too bad, but they were 20th in total yards with 5,468. So not you know, slightly below the the average, you know. Uh, passing yards, okay, we're, we're, you know, passing yards, passing attempts. In passing attempts, they were 12th, uh, 589 pass attempts last year. That's good. You know, in the PPR world, we, we want pass attempts. So two, two thumbs up. They were 16th in yards with 3,760, and they had 24 passing TDs. Uh, 21 of those came at the hands of the mustache, Gardner Minshew. Uh, let's get into rushing. So rushing attempts, they were 20, make sure I got this right, 23rd in rush attempts with 389, but they were 17th in rushing yards with 1,708. Uh, they only had three rushing TDs. You know, I, I didn't look this up. This just popped in my head as I'm recording this, but I bet you there were games where Zeke or Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara had three rushing TDs in a game. This entire team. Uh, Fournette, Raquel Armstead, the quarterbacks you know can rush for one. Uh, sometimes you do the old wide receiver reverse type thing. Nothing. Three total for the team. Uh, that is gross. Um, who's new? Uh, they drafted LaVisca Chenault out of Colorado as the ninth wide receiver off the board with the 42nd overall pick. That's not too shabby a draft capital, to be real honest with you. Um, they brought in Chris Thompson, followed new offensive coordinator Jay Gruden over from Washington. I, I, not not too high on him. Uh, he can't stay healthy, but when he plays, uh, he'll be mostly a pain in the ass of us Leonard Fournette owners. And then they brought in backup Matt Glennon. I think if you're a mustache fan, that's the kind of backup that you wanted to see. Who's gone? The only real person that I see is gone is Nick Foles. And I didn't think Nick Foles was all that good. I had, I had tweeted about Gardner earlier in the week. First of all, I did not know Gardner had quite the hive. Apparently, don't be going rustling up Gardner Minshew fans, damn it. They remind me a lot of Baker Mayfield fans this time last year. More on that in a minute. But Nick Foles, you know, everybody's like, he's going. we're going to get to Chicago here in a, in a few weeks, but he's going to Chicago. He's taking Mitch Trubisky's job. Look at all this money they're paying him. No, they restructured a deal to, to make it more affordable. And last year, Nick Foles was 0-4 as the starter, had a three-touchdown-to-two interception ratio, and was basically benched midway through his second stint as the starter. He, in, in favor of a six-round rookie, he does not bother me as an obstacle in the way of Mitch Trubisky. Not that Mitch is going to be confused with Lamar Jackson, but more on the Bears as we get down the road. All right, let's get into the uh, stock up, stock down on players. Gardner Minshew, uh, for me, he is a stock down, and he is a stone cold sell for me in Superflex. Let me give you some of the reasons why, and then I'll I'll trans, trans, uh, translate back to, to some of the other stuff I'm, I'm talking about. So QBR, QBR is a metric that I like to use because it's the metric Vegas uses. And why am I following Vegas? Well, it's very simple. We here in Dynasty and Fantasy, especially on Twitter, we have our hot takes. Here's the thing about Vegas. If you have a hot take, they'll bet you on it. They'll put their money up and they'll say, you know what, we disagree with you and let's bet a hundy. And so if, if that's good enough for them and they, they find QBR to be a telling stat, 
I'm going to pay more attention to QBR. So Gardner Minshew, over his first five games, his QBR was 54.2. And that's not too bad, especially for a rookie, not a not a lot of time to prepare as the starter. You know, I believe the average QBR is 52. So he was just slightly above that in those first those first five games. And over those first five games, he was averaging about 256 yards per game's passing. Hey, no, not, not a problem. He had uh, nine TDs. That's not quite two a game, but close. Okay, Gardner, two, two thumbs up. I, I can dig that. Now let's look at his last five games. His QBR dipped to 35.1. He had one game where he had like a 10. I mean, it was barely in double digits. And his yards per game dipped by almost 60 yards a game. He went from averaging 256 over his first five to 198 over his last five. Uh, I know he's fun. I know he's the kind of guy that uh, we want to root for. I had one guy on Twitter when I posted this up there. I was like, man, just give me some stats. You know, what are your stats? I mean, I'm not mad. I'm not confrontational. I'm here to learn. But share with me why you're on Gardner. And, and his only real response was, I just have a hunch. He has it. And I, I had to walk away from that conversation shaking my head. Uh, in my head, I'm like, guys, this is the exact same conversation I had with, with guys last year on Baker Mayfield. It is not a tangible stat. Sometimes it is. You know, Patrick Mahomes has it. But Patrick Mahomes also has talent. And I just don't see it from a six-round rookie pick who got progressively worse as the season went on. You know, as defensive coordinators and, and teams around the league got more tape on this guy, the worse he did. And I don't see that getting better with an entire offseason for these guys to track his tendencies and be more prepared for Gardner Minshew, the starter. And I, I think this team's probably like a four-win team. If you think about it, the Colts finished 7-9 and nine last year, uh, missed the playoffs by about a game or two. Both Tennessee and the Texans made the playoffs. So there's three really, let's say they're all 500 or better. And what do we think that does for Jacksonville? I'll tell you, I think it really impacts this team from a win-loss standpoint. I, I really feel like 2020 is a throwaway year. And I said this the other day, and I was accused of not remembering that Miami was going to tank for Tua last year, who they, they got ironically. But, you know, Miami didn't end up tanking. And that's true. But the biggest difference between Miami and Jacksonville is that Miami had a badass, young, dynamic head coach in Brian Flores. Jacksonville has a lame duck last year on his way out head coach and a terrible GM who, if he isn't fired, should be. So I have this team winning around four games. That's easily going to put them in the top five picks. They also have the Rams' first-round pick next year from the Jalen Ramsey deal. And you're telling me that Gardner Minshew is going to be able to dodge all three bullets of guys like Trevor Lawrence, like Justin Fields, like Trey Lance. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I see this being a lame duck year in Jacksonville. I see them kicking tires on a lot of young guys. They want to see what they have with some of these guys. But if I have Gardner, uh, some of the moves that I've advocated for making uh, of getting rid of Gardner are, man, offer Gardner for Drew Brees in a second. 
I think you're getting one year of a starting quarterback regardless. Offer Gardner for Tom Brady in a second. Because with Tom Brady, you're getting two years. Tom Brady's dead cap numbers $25 million the next two years. He's not getting cut. And unless he retires, he's the starter. Uh, same thing with Big Ben. His dead cap number the next two years is $40 million. So those are guys that I think are going to have more tangible dynasty value than Gardner Minshew. Not only that, I think all the guys that I just mentioned will have a better overall season this year and can help you. It's nothing against Gardner. I'm not picking on the guy. I'm rooting for the guy. Who doesn't want to see the underdog win? But here's the thing. Let's let's live in the real world. We'll go back to Vegas. We have to play the odds. The odds of a sixth-round pick becoming the long-term starter are very slim. And history says it doesn't happen. And then someone's going to come back and say, but Memphis, what about Tom Brady? Oh, let's take the greatest outlier in the history of outliers and compare Gardner Minshew. I can't do it. I'm not sitting on any Gardner. Uh, and I, I compared this on the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor. I compared him to what Damian Williams was this time last year from a uh, Dynasty standpoint. He's a guy that you basically got for free. You can get out at a nice, significant cash out. You know, you might be able to get a 2021 first for him. I, I would sign off on that. You could maybe get another veteran quarterback to bridge you through and uh, maybe a second round pick. I'll endorse that too. It's not about Gardner. It's about what I saw of Gardner, what his stats did last year, and the situation in Jacksonville. And when was the last time that we as dynasty owners wanted to hitch our wagon to a team that's had one winning season in, I believe, the last seven? You know, they had that one weird outlier season where they went 10-6 and six and made it to the AFC Championship game. And outside of that, it's been a four-win, three-win, six-win, four-win type team for the better part of the last decade. Man, I don't want to invest heavily in that, especially in a super flex league at the quarterback position. So for me, Gardner's a stock down. He's a complete sell. Let's move to Leonard Fournette. What an interesting case, man. What an interesting case of a guy. So here's a guy that they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Okay, I get that. Pretty big money, by the way, for where Leonard Fournette was drafted. Uh, I think it's bordering on $10 million a year. He was never going to get that anyway. But here's a guy. If I told you, just do like that blind, old-fashioned taste test where they used to pour you a cup of one beverage and a cup of another, and they would have you drink it and tell, you, tell them which one you liked best. And the, the, the commercial always had the people being super surprised. If I had given you a blind resume and you didn't know this was Leonard Fournette, you'd been like, holy cow, that's a good resume. In 2019, he set career highs in games played. He played 15. In rushing yards, he had 1,152. In first downs rushed for, that's good if you're in leagues like Scott Fishbowl where you get points for first down, points per carry. Um, but, but for first downs, he had 55 first downs. Now, his yards per attempt was not great. It was 4.3, but for him, that was a career high. And where did he really drive up his value? The receiving game. He had a career high with 100 targets, a career high 76 receptions, and a career high 522 receiving yards. I don't get it. He is an anomaly. He is an outlier. I cannot figure this guy out. If I told you, again, take the name off of it and just listen to what I'm getting ready to offer you. I'm going to offer you a running back who's going to have about 350 touches. He's going to have 76 receptions. He's going to have a combined, 
eh, almost 1,700 yards, you would line up and be like, yes, please, where, where, where can I get this? I, w- I would love to have some of that, please. Please and thank you. And then I would tell you it's Leonard Fournette, and you'd be like, oh, shit, Leonard Fournette. It's just so weird. I'm not advocating buying him, but, man, I don't think you can give him away. The perception on him is so bad right now. And and this is a team that's, you know, I don't see his workload dipping that much. And what I think he loses in the receiving game, I think he makes up for in some some touchdown progression. I think he's owed some touchdowns, even if he loses Let's say he loses 10% of his touches and he drops down to around 310. I mean, he can completely offset with that with about five more touchdowns. I, I still think he can be a back-end running back one. He's going to want to show out. He has to look good because what's he playing for? He's playing for money. He has to go out of this season knowing that he has good prospects for his next job, whether it's in Jacksonville with a new GM, head coach, quarterback, or if it's somewhere else. He's a guy that, again, kind of like Dalvin, if I have him, I'm holding him, and I'm going to wait. I, I, I'm going to leave it at that. Other running back I want to talk about is Raquel Armstead. Uh, I know this team really likes him, and I wouldn't be surprised if he got mixed in a little bit. For me, he's a buy. If something were to happen to Fournette or they were to trade him, completely possible. If, if, if a star running back, don't wish this on anybody, but let's say Zeke went down in Dallas. You know, maybe he gets an ACL. You know, why wouldn't you go knocking on the Jags' door knowing that they're probably looking toward 2021? Uh, this is a talented guy. He seems to be a guy who's motivated by money. They canceled his guarantees going into 2019. He showed up in shape. He showed up ready to go. I think you'll get more of the same. Leonard Fournette's a hold. But if you can get I've already got a couple of cheap shares myself. If you can get some cheap Raquel Armstead, I do not blame you. Let's talk about two receivers and just two. Uh, Let's talk about DJ Chark. This is a guy I'm fascinated with. I actually got my first two shares this offseason, and and I'm really curious to see what this young man can do. Played in 15 games, and arguably the last, I don't know, three or four he probably shouldn't have. He he was fighting an ankle or lower foot ankle injury, uh, but I know he gutted it out because he wanted to get 1,000 yards receiving, which he did. He had 118 targets. That's a number I could see spiking up a little bit. I could see him in that 130, 135 range that a guy like DJ Moore got last year. Uh, He had 73 catches, again, for just over 1,000 yards, 1,008, and 8 TDs. And I just see a guy who, from a dynasty standpoint, I see his value only going up from now until next year. Let's say that he repeats these numbers or maybe adds... 10% 10% across the board. He gets to 80 catches. He gets to 1,100 yards receiving. He gets nine touchdowns. And he gets a quarterback upgrade to Trevor Lawrence. Or, again, Justin Fields. We would be ecstatic. We would just be to the moon with DJ Chark. He's one of those guys, man. He's the guys that I'm always looking for in Dynasty. I'm looking to get that cheap equity and, you know, buy that value. Because even though he's he's... he's Pretty expensive now. I think he'll only go up in value. LaVisca Chenault, he's the guy that I'm, I'm, you know, people continually talk about Chris Thompson stealing work from Leonard Fournette. I I really worry about LaVisca. Of that 100 targets, if you told me that Leonard Fournette was going to get cut down to 50 targets, 
where's that other 50 going to go? I'm telling you, 30, 35 are going to LaVisca in and, in and around the line of scrimmage, and maybe 15, 20 go to Chris Thompson in like the two or three games he plays. LaVisca is going to be fascinating. Now, again, kind of like Chris Thompson, he's a guy who's had some injury concerns. He's a guy that if you own LaVisca, good thing is Jacksonville games aren't on TV a lot, so you don't have to watch. He's like one of those guys like LaShawn McCoy. It's like, oh, he, he's down. No, wait, no, wait, he's back up. And then like two plays later, he, he, he trots back out on the field. You'll be holding your breath a lot if you own LaVisca, but I'm fascinated by a man of his size and of his talent. I don't think we saw the best of him at the combine. I think he, was, he got some bad advice and tried to work out through an injury. Never, never a good idea. But I, for, a, for players on a bad team, uh, I'm definitely interested in the, the two wide receivers more than anyone else from the buy standpoint. I have Chark and LaVisca both firmly on the buy list. My man Angelo at Angelo underscore FF. Uh, great website. He he will be very proud of me for listing, listing LaVisca as a buy. The tight end situation, interesting. It's Tyler Eifert, who again is rejoined with uh, Gruden. When, from their time together in Cincinnati. And then you have the, the young man, uh, Josh Oliver. I don't think I really want any part of this. If I could throw some cheap Josh Oliver on the back end of my taxi squad. Okay, let's see what happens. Uh, again, there are, some, there are some targets to go around, but not a lot. Only 56 vacated. So out of everything they threw last year, only 56 of those are gone. And uh, only 250 air yards. So I could see Eifert being like a red zone. What I said about Kyle Rudolph stands for stands for Tyler Eifert. If you're in a touchdown only, uh, tight ends get nine points per receiving touchdown, and it's best ball, throw you some cheap Tyler Eifert on the back end of your roster. If not, of the two, I would much rather have the young guy because if the young guy hits, he's going to be worth a lot more. I did mention Raquel Armstead. He, his stock is up for me as well. So tight end, let's just go around the horn one time to make sure this is clear. Uh, Gardner is a stock down sell. Leonard Fournette is a stock hold. Uh, if you find someone slipping, man, kind of like Dalvin Cook, if you find them slipping and tripping, you, know, you need to be slipping in there and trying to buy cheap Leonard Fournette. DJ Chark and LaVisca are both stock up buys for me. Uh, Eifert, you shouldn't have him anyway. I would much rather be reaching on uh, like Jared Pinckney who's a rookie this year. Hunter Bryant is a rookie that didn't get drafted in some dynasty rookie drafts. I would much rather be having one of those young guys on my roster than Tyler Eifert. Always love the talent, love the Notre, Notre Dame uh, factor there, but his best years were zapped by, just zapped by injuries. Um, and then the rest of the wide receivers, you know, Conley, Westbrook, Keelan Cole, who I just learned in the research of this, they, they, they tendered a second-round rookie tender. I find that weird. Uh, maybe he gets some slot work. I don't really care. I, there's a lot of guys I'd rather have on my roster than Keelan Cole or Conley. If you told me you were going to hang on to your Westbrook share, I'd be like, fine, in a best ball. Uh, the coaching staff is just a lot of lame ducks as far as I'm concerned. They did add Jay Gruden. Now, in fairness to Jay Gruden, uh, those top eight, QB seasons that 
Kirk Cousins had and the best QB seasons of Andy Dalton's career did happen under Jay Gruden. And they both happened on reasonably bad teams. The The Bengals teams did make the playoffs a few times and let's just say Mr. Gruden was not well supported in Washington by that ownership and executive group. So maybe he, Jay Gruden's offense could be the silver lining for a guy like Gardner. I'm never going to know because I'm going to sell off my Gardner shares if I had any. The team as a whole is a, a stock down. Again, they play in a division with the Colts, with the Titans, with the Texans. They're clearly the worst team. The only way I think this coaching staff or team stays intact is if for somehow they have like a miracle 9-7 and seven season and maybe creep into that new seventh playoff seed. But for me, I'm going to get back to fundamentals and basics. If, if, I, if I got them, I'm keeping them unless I can sell them for a, a fair price. And if not, I'm not overly investing in, in just a historically bad franchise. You know, I know bad franchises can produce good fantasy assets, but why tempt fate? Um, but that's it, guys. I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'll continue to do this. Uh, again, next week, I, I've got it set for the three-team parlay being the Niners, the Eagles, and the Brownies. I might try to get a special Ohio guest, someone to come on and talk Browns with us. Uh, and then on Wednesday, we're going to continue ranking stuff. For a lot of our dynasty peers, they're taking the summer off. It's a quote-unquote dead period. I get it. But I'm just a guy who loves talking fantasy football, hence me recording a podcast by myself. Uh, but on Wednesday, we're going to rank the top 10 pending free agents. And I'll tell you, there's upwards of 30, 35 guys who are going to be free agents. And this list is going to blow you away. So we'll get into that. We'll rank those guys on Wednesday. Thank you for tuning in, and also thank you for rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the Dynasty Warzone. Uh, this is my passion project. You know, a lot of people call it a side hustle. Uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, I, I call it the Dynasty Warzone, and I appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone, and thanks to our sponsor, Trophy Smack. So in, even though he's not here, on behalf of Jerry, I am Memphis, and here at the Dynasty Warzone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. I'll see you guys back here on Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. Folks, Kyle here. I'm a physical therapist and a fantasy football junkie. I've been doing Dynasty for a year, and I joined the Dynasty Warzone Patreon about six months ago. And never have I felt more comfortable with having Memphis, Jerry, and the guys in the patron chat help me with buys, sells, and navigating free agency and rookie draft. I can't recommend them enough. And so join the Patreon, because if you ain't first, you're last. <laughs>